0: Hey, Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Honorable Mentions. My name is Wade Leonard. I am the Outreach Coordinator here at the Shackles Honors College at Mississippi State University. We got a good get today, y'all. He is an alumnus of the university, an alumnus of the Honors College. He is the founder of the Streetcar, or at least (laughs) co-founder, I think, of the Streetcar, which is the the official um, uh, literary magazine for undergraduate students here at Mississippi State University. He is... um, A Rhodes Scholar. (laughs) You you ever get tired of talking about that?
1: Uh, Every once in a while, but hey.
0: (laughs) Well, there's not many of them. He's a Rhodes Scholar, but he originally hails from Vicksburg, Mississippi. What's the mascot at Vicksburg High School? Vicksburg Gators. So home of the fighting gators in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Uh, He is a PhD candidate at Harvard. Is that correct? Um, So basically, he's... Brilliant and amazing. And he has, uh, his name is Field Brown, by the way, Mr. Donald Field Brown. How are you doing, sir? I'm
1: doing well. Happy to be here, Wade.
0: We're happy to have you, man. We're happy to have you. So, um, what are you doing back here in Starkville instead of up in Cambridge?
1: I'm a visiting professor. So, I've been at Harvard for the last four years and I got done with my teaching requirements and I studied Mississippi in my research. And I tried to figure out a way to get back down here. So, I pulled some strings and now I'm back teaching at Mississippi State as a visiting professor.
0: I like how you put it that you pulled some strings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're really, really happy to have you have you field. Um, so for those who aren't who don't know, who have who've never heard of this before, which is more than you might think. what What is a Rhodes Scholar anyway?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean. I didn't really know what a Rhodes Scholar was either until my sophomore year of college. I mean, I may have heard about it on the news, but it was a conversation with Dr. Snyder. He told me about these people who get money to go to England to study, and he told me that there were a lot of important people that had gotten them before me, like the probably the most famous one being Bill Clinton and Chris this,
0: Christopherson. By Chris, the way, exactly, he's
1: another <laughs> one. Funny story, you know, he didn't finish the degree. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he was a Rhodes Scholar, but he played around too much, didn't finish his degree, but, hey, he's doing fine. So, so you're more um, successful than Chris Hey, in one That's way. That's awesome. In That's one awesome. way. But, uh, yeah, so but basically um, it's, it's somebody who does a lot of really cool stuff in undergrad, shows a lot of leadership qualities, and you apply and say, hey, like this is why I want to get a master's or a Ph.D., at the oldest and most prestigious university in the Western world. And believe in me, believe in my future and give me money to carry that out. And, and when you, so so,
0: so, so, and it's like, you know, a few hundred people in the United States that, that get this every year, right?
1: So it's actually 32,
0: 32, 32. Right. One of
1: 32, people. 32. And it's always about uh, over, you know, a thousand to 600 start with the application. And then, when it gets to the final round, you're looking at around 200, and then they choose two from each one of the d- districts. They have they have th- 16 districts around the country. They choose choose two from each district. So,
0: now feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but you know you went to Vicksburg High School, which is not a bad school, but Vicksburg, yeah. it's Mississippi, just, it's a normal public it's high school. A, I mean, it yep. might be the most normal off the top of my head public <laughs> high school in the state. Again, yep. not a bad school, but right. just a regular high school. Um, I, I would assume that there weren't a lot of road Scholars running around Vicksburg. I mean, was, what, what, what do your folks do?
1: There was not. So both of my parents worked for the government. So, you know, Vicksburg has the Corps of Engineers, mm-hmm. which brings a lot of jobs. And so both of my parents worked there and they were human resources specialists and contract specialists. I don't really know what that means, but that's what they did. They're both retired now and, and loving the retired life.
0: Okay, but, and so so you know it's not necessarily on their radar. Like it wouldn't be. For oh a no, people. I mean
1: they, of course, me, my parents, they encouraged me to read. Sure, they, we you know we, we talked about things every once in a while, but definitely wasn't like a, I would not consider us a intellectual, or academic family by any means. Just good parents saying, hey, do write, read books. And it'll get you a good job. So that's pretty much how I was raised And So, yeah.
0: And so you get to stay. Do you remember, you know, when you got here, when you were thinking about college, what your original idea for what Phil Brown would be one day was?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I just remember I knew I liked reading books a lot. Right. I mean, I started – Reading when I was young, got you know the Accelerated Reader test. Yeah, I always scored the most in my classes. I was like, I must be good at this thing reading. I'm always scoring the most, um, as far as getting the most points by the end of the year. So I was like, what degree will help me to read as many books as possible and talk about it? So English, English was my choice. I thought I may want to be an English teacher. I didn't know if that would look like uh, high school. I if I didn't know if that would look like you know college. But I knew I want to be an English teacher probably. And as I continued to fall in love with it more and I started talking to professors, which, I mean, I just fell in love with office hours and just meeting with professors about what they did. And I was like, I kind of want to do some deep diving. And that seems like something that a professor would do because they're the ones who do this research and write these kind of really niche books about their interests. And, you know, high school teachers don't really do that. So I was like, I think I want to be an English professor. So I think I came in with the vague idea. Uh Uh-huh. And I would say probably by the end of my second year, I knew that was exactly what I wanted to do because I got a research, a summer research opportunity. And at the end of that summer, I was like, yep, this is the life for me.
0: Where'd you go on that research opportunity?
1: So I went to the University of Iowa. So Dr. Anderson, Dr. Tommy Anderson, who is now over the Office of Prestigious and External Scholarships. He's he's also
0: uh, interim dean of the library and interim, some kind of interim dean over in arts and sciences. He's just deaning all over the place. He's doing a lot. He's
1: doing (laughs) a lot. Yes. And he's great. He's a great man for for every job that, that we ask him to do. But uh he was a professor. I took a Shakespeare class with him. And, you know, he saw potential. He saw I was a student that showed a lot of interest in, in doing more than just, you know, passing the exam. And so um, he said, hey, man, you should look into some research opportunities. And he helped me apply to this uh, University of Iowa Summer Research Opportunities program. It's, it's called SHROP, S-R-O-P is the acronym. And um, yeah, and, and I got it. I had just read Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison in the class with Dr. Robert West. And I was like, let me let me do a, uh, a summer research project on the life of Ellison and the novel Invisible Man. I got accepted. And after doing that summer research, I was like, I could do this for the rest of my life. Okay. sure.
0: Well, so and then, you know, you you have that experience. When does the roads become something that you, you start to take very seriously?
1: Yeah. So uh, I would say. Middle of junior year, because to be honest, I was a bit hesitant at first because you know I had never left the country, I never assumed I would ever leave the country.
0: I was gonna ask you, did you do a lot of traveling when you were a kid?
1: We did the um, we did traveling maybe to Jackson, right? And if we're if we're lucky, you know, Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? Uh, did one trip to Disney World, but no, nothing. The biggest, the longest trip I'd ever taken was a church trip to Detroit. We went with our okay. church to Detroit. Okay. And that was, but no, not, not a big traveling family. And so I was like, do I really want to live in England? I just don't know a lot about it. But thankfully Dr. Snyder was, he told me, man, this is a good opportunity, man. You should at least think about it. And so I started thinking about, it. I'm like, well, what's there to be afraid of? Like, you know, why not just look into it? And my brother, I studied abroad in Italy. Um, well, he was an undergrad here, and so I knew he had had some uh, study abroad experiences. And when I went over there after my junior year, so that was the litmus test was to see, let me go over there for those six weeks. So you did a study abroad in Oxford before you did the roads. Though. Yes. Okay. So Dr. Snyder told me I should look into the roads, and I was like, okay, I'm curious to learn more about this England thing. So he said, take the study abroad trip after your junior year. If you like it, then Go ahead and apply to the roads when you get back, which would have been my first semester of my senior year. And so I go over there and I and I like it. I really like it. Um, just a great experience, meeting English people, a great experience, getting to know the other Mississippi State students that went along with me on the trip. And yeah, so that's when it got serious, starting the middle of junior year, and it was absolutely a done deal after. The uh, summer trip to Oxford after my junior year.
0: So, you you go over there, you really like it. Yep. And so, you're like, I'm going to apply for this Rhodes Scholarship. Yep. But forgive me if I'm, I might be mistaken, Field. There's a big difference between wanting the Rhodes Scholarship and getting the Rhodes Scholarship. Yeah, there
1: is a big difference. <laughs> there's a big difference. Yeah. Yes. I mean, do you want me to go through, uh, yeah, that, I, you that know, kind of. Yeah. Of yeah
0: how, like, I'm curious, yeah. you know, we can get into the nuts and bolts of it in a second, but, right, right. you know, where does this attitude come from? I mean, again, you know, I don't mean to hit this ham- this nail too hard, but you're right, right. you're a kid from Vicksburg, right? 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 right. Yep. Yep. No, really... you you just told me the furthest you ever been from home was Detroit before you went to Oxford, right? England, right? 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 What gives you this notion that I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and dadgummit, people are going to like me?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great question. I mean, I can give credit to to a lot of people. I can start off with my parents, uh, you know, just instilling confidence sure. that I could do whatever I put my mind to and Mississippi state affirmed those beliefs. When, when I got here, I was a, you know, I made good, good grades. I was I think third in my class. So I made good grades in a in, uh, high school. I continued to do well in all my classes. And I really think if I'm honest, the thing that pushed me over the edge was the ease in which I was able to talk to professors when I got here. Right. When, when I realized like, I can talk to them almost like obviously I wasn't that equal because I didn't know as much, but I felt comfortable asking questions that it seemed like most of my friends were like, well, I'm scared when I go to office hours. I'm like, I'm excited. And so I was like, okay, like if I'm this comfortable dealing with these intellectual ideas, this this can carry over anywhere because it's, it's just it's just really about talking about life, the meaning of life, talking about what's important to you from an intellectual perspective. And so the ease in which I was talking with professors really gave me that confidence. And it's in the, the relation with Dr. Snyder was probably the one that tipped it over the edge because he was the dean of the honors college. Yeah,
0: he still is the and dean of the so, dean, right, college. And so, right, I'm
1: sorry, still is, right? He was and still is. And so I was like, I mean, it, do, it doesn't get much bigger than that. No, it doesn't. And he, he went to Emory, studied at Oxford. I'm like – He's checked off all the boxes and I'm faculty talking Faculty
0: fellow at Oxford. Faculty
1: fellow. So I'm, I'm like talking to him, just like, yeah, if I can talk to him, then why can't I talk to anybody from anywhere? And so that's really probably what pushed it over the edge. And so
0: you, you get all this encouragement. You feel like, you know what? Yes, I absolutely can do this. I understand what these guys are saying, these ladies are saying. Right. So how does the process begin? I mean, do you just. Um send away for the Oxford
1: application. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's a lot of, it's a big process and it definitely takes a lot of people helping. Right. And okay. So, and so for me and for, for everybody, eight letters of recommendation. So that's daunting. In many ways, it's almost like one of those things if um, that really weeds a lot of people out. If you can't think of, you, you can choose five to eight, but if you can't think of at least six to seven people that you've gotten to know well since you've been in college, right? Then you probably know, hmm, maybe this isn't for me. And not only
0: people, you know, well, but people who are going to be able to effectively write a letter, right? Professors,
1: right? leaders at the university, leaders at sure. organizations around your community that can speak to particular leadership qualities and qualities. Right. Cause everybody knows five to eight people, right? Exactly. It's <laughs> the right kind of people. Right. Exactly. And so, That was, And I was like, yeah, I really could have thought about 10 or 12. So I was like, that part's fine. I know professors, I know different uh, faculty advisors that I've worked with on different things. And you were
0: pretty sure they liked you.
1: And I was pretty sure they liked me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so then it was the research part of it. What do I want to propose? And so I was in the process of doing a senior thesis with the Honors College under Dr. Andrea Spain, who's still a a faculty professor with the Honors College. Um, And so I was doing it on Ralph Ellison's book, Invisible Man. So I I continued that same track from Iowa, just continued to study the book relentlessly. And so I was like, hmm, he's one of the few he's one of the few black writers who stayed in America in post World War II that was famous. But the most of them went to Europe. So I was like, that's a great connection. Like, what were the other writers thinking other than Ellison during that time? They were in Europe. England's in Europe not to say your research has to relate to Europe because it it, it doesn't so don't I don't want to get that confused but if it does that's a perfect fit so I was like let me go over to England Uh, I can dabble around in Paris and do some archival research on these black writers that all moved to Paris so I was like that's my idea and I have a lot of uh, proof of being able to do this kind of research because I've already written a senior thesis I've uh, published in undergraduate research journals. I've done conferences on it. So I had all of the, the things checked off that would say he's qualified to do more. You've bit.
0: shown you can do this. I've
1: shown I can do it. Right. And so that, that's the other part. And then the, the last bit, so, not the, so there's a couple of parts to it, the leadership qualities. So I was the president of Golden Key Honor Society. I was a co-founder, as you said, of the Streetcar earlier. I was a role runner, so I was a student recruiter. Um, I know I did – I can't remember the other things I did, but I, I, I did a lot of things on campus, right? But
0: you were probably president of the things you can't remember. President
1: of the Philosophy and Religion Club. There that was a big part, <laughs> and I was a I was a double major in philosophy. Okay. And so I, I, I gained a really close relationship with the professor, uh, Joseph Trellinger, and he was a professor there here at the time, and he was just – we really hit it off. He was the guy I was in office I was with all the time, and so he really – develop my love of philosophy. So I ended up doing that. And so just all of those things combined, uh, it was like, okay, I have, uh, the research qualifications. I have the leadership qualifications. And the last part is just writing about it in a statement of purpose, which is probably the hardest part because naturally as human beings, we normally don't think about crafting our whole life story in a thousand words, We just we just live it and we don't make sense of how it all connects. But that's the thing you have to do. That's probably the most important part is writing a very convincing narrative about why your life matters to this scholarship, why it connects to the mission of the scholarship, which is to fight the world's fight, which is pretty abstract. But sure. Mine was like, hey, I care about books. I care about black people books can help us learn more about black people boom that's what in in, in, in a uh, very concise way that's that's what it was about
0: you know what i I love in this conversation is that you know in my you know occasional interactions with you you're obviously a brilliant guy
1: Um, yeah i I appreciate well it's i mean it's
0: it's pretty obvious man but you're also a pretty humble dude and what i really like listening to you say is The awareness of no, you know, nobody likes, nobody who's not a psychopath anyway, likes to talk about how great they
1: are. Right, right, right. But
0: you seem to have this ability to be aware of the things that you can do well Mm -hmm. and unapologetically and almost um, clinically say, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. While also, not being a narcissistic jerk at the same time.
1: Right? Hey, well, I'm happy that you think I pull it off. Man. It's, it's a tough... <laughs> well, doing thing. A
0: good, if it's an act, you're doing great, dude.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, And, and to that point, you know, you're, you, you went to Oxford, and we can talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. And you're at Harvard, and you're finishing all that up. And you come back to Mississippi, and yes, you're teaching classes here, which is, you know, the university appreciates it. The Honors College obviously appreciates it. I assume your students appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I, ho- I hope so. I'm trying. <laughs> but you're
0: working in the same office now that supported you going through the Rhodes Scholarship Program. Yeah, is that right?
1: It's kind of surreal. It's a, it's a great story. Yeah, yeah. How, 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 well, I mean, what's it like? I mean, to be honest, is I see it as paying it forward. The same things that they did for me, now I can become a part of the team and do it for the next generation. And so, you know, I, I've just... Uh, just wrapping up, helping out some of the students sure. who are applying for the Marshall Rhodes um, and uh, other scholarships, and it's interesting to see parts of me and them, and then kind of realize, okay, how do I, how do I kind of embody the Dr. Anderson? How do I embody the Dr. Schaefer? How do I embody the Dr. Snyder? All the people who helped me, and uh, and and do it, and do it just as well as they did.
0: I love all those people, but I would encourage you to remember that none of them are Rhodes scholars. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> no, I but but they had a huge role in, crea- 100%. in, in I creating one hundred percent in creating this. No, I know, of I course. know you were, of um, course. Yep.
0: No, I mean you know, last uh I don't know, two or three weeks ago on the podcast we had Brady Cruz and he was effusive a in student, terms a of student in my, my class. Yeah, that's right, yeah. but he was effusive about the help you've been giving him oh, in terms wow. of uh in terms of Whatever nine or fifteen, including the Rhodes scholarship that he's going for. So right, right. You know, he may have told you that, but I'm going to tell you that.
1: So no, he's a, he's a great guy, and I'm really happy that uh, I've been been a help to him. So
0: well, so you know, we've been talking about the Rhodes scholarship, and again, thank you for coming back to Mississippi State and helping our folks out. But yes, definitely. what what is it like? I mean, you know, this is a big, broad, probably dumb question, but what's it like to be a Rhodes scholar?
1: Yeah, I mean. In many ways, it's just at the everyday level, looking back on it, because that was five years ago. Uh huh. Sometimes I forget. That I actually was one because you know, but during those two years is probably that's probably the best way to answer. Well, maybe what were those two years? Yeah, were well, those like? two
0: years, I mean, do you have to wear a big wig? Right, right, or yeah. Like that? So,
1: I mean, not, I mean, there are a lot of weird traditions at Oxford, yeah. right? But so a big wig is not one of them, but it wouldn't surprise me if they started right. it or if they did have it and just stopped doing it at one point. But I would say just the community, I mean, You have 31 other students from America, and then the numbers have changed now, but around 90 students from around the world Uh get it. And just that international community and us meeting so often, and then just becoming friends, uh, you just have a lot of really cool conversations about different things that are impacting the world. I mean, I learned so much about places that I had never been to, and, and to be honest, I didn't even know existed. And meeting people from those places helped me to see how they connected with issues that I face today that in, in Mississippi and in America and all these types of things. So I would say that part is cool, like the community, the intellectual part. But then it's also just the fun part, right? right. So, so the fun part is you get a lot of money to just travel, right? So, I mean, uh-huh. I'm just taking trains to – to Paris. We're taking trains to Central Europe, to Bratislava. We're taking trains to, to Ireland. We're doing all these types. We're just we're just going all over. Them. We're probably not a train to Ireland, but we're taking all these trains and going, going to all these different places, right? And so that's when you just start to get to meet really, really amazing people as friends. And then it's crazy because now I look back on it and a lot of these people that I met, now they're like, over organizations at Google, they're yeah you know prize winning poets. I mean, one of my best friends is one of the best poets in America right now. But I mean, we just we just text. Well, what's his name? So Joshua Aiken. Joshua, Joshua Aiken. Aiken. Okay. So hey Josh. Yeah, hey hey Josh man. <laughs> ho- hope you listen to this. But he's a Cave Canem fellow fellow, and they only give these to about twenty poets a year, and it's a very select group of poets. And the, the list of people who had it before him are just like all the greats and so I'm just like wow and like we were just kicking it two years together yeah. in England and there's so many other of the role scholars particularly in America who I know they're gonna be senators they're gonna be governors one day and so like that part is that like looking back on it like yeah we had two really cool years where we lived together we traveled together and now we're gonna now we're back in, in many ways we're more focused because a lot of that was we did our research but we had our fun too mm-hmm. now We're back really focused on what we what we want to do. And these are just going to be my friends. And these are people I'll call when I need help with perhaps a grant and like, hey, do you know people at the organization? Do you know people here, here? All those connections will pay off later, too. So, I mean, it's a lot to it, but it's there's really just no reason to not do it. Because, I mean, the you mean
0: not pursue it, not not pursue it, not
1: pursue it, because the amount of doors it opens and the, just the different things it will lead you to that you just had no idea were even available. I mean, it's just, it's just a no brainer to at least give it a try if you're interested in, in applying.
0: Well, I mean, clearly, I think um, that's the case. And, 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 and you know, just to be clear, it's basically you're getting a master's degree. That's what you're doing over there, right. right? I
1: got I got a master's and uh but you can you can pursue a PhD if you want to, but but yeah, most people uh pursue a masters and they have a ton of different uh options in all the different types of fields from the STEM stuff to the, the artsy kind of niche niche stuff. So
0: But your your journey hit does not end there. Because no, just beginning, it's just beginning. you get your master's degree from Oxford and then you do go pursue a doctorate,
1: pursue a doctorate at Harvard, at Harvard. I yeah. think
0: I might have heard of that place. Yeah, before. Probably so. Yeah. And so you've been there for the past four years,
1: correct? Yes, sir. And what have you been doing? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I've been doing a lot of things. Right. Mm-hmm. So I started wanting to continue this whole journey with Ralph Ellison and these writers at the post-World War II black expatriates. So that was my uh, statement of purpose for Harvard. Did that for about two years and realized, hmm, I actually want to just study Mississippi literature again. So I ended up publishing some research in that area of Ralph Ellison, the post-World War II black writers. But then I decided to write my dissertation on a group of writers from Mississippi in the 20th and 21st century. And so that's what I've been up to for the last two years. And I've got this year and one more school year to finish this dissertation and I'll be done with that phase of life.
0: And you're also teaching at Harvard where well, you were. I don't know. if you're yes, to yes. So to do
1: that. I, I, I taught I taught two years at Harvard. I taught a, a wide variety of classes. I taught a I taught a class on Asian American literature. I taught a class on African American studies. I taught a class in the history of the American novel I just taught a bunch of classes. Uh Yeah. And it was fun. And now, now I'm teaching students here while I wrap up the PhD. What do you
0: think of Cambridge as in Boston?
1: Yeah. uh, Cambridge is cold. Cambridge (laughs) is cold. Cambridge is, um, I mean, it's a lot different from anywhere I'd ever lived in the States. Sure. I, I grew up in, as you said, in Vicksburg and then Starkville. And so it's, uh, it's, it's a quaint little town outside of Boston, a suburb of Boston. It's nice to have that access. I'm a big sports fan. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have access to a big city where I can go to a Celtics game anytime I want. Have you been a uh, Red
0: Sox fan since you've been up there?
1: No, nah, I, I, I grew up. I grew up a Diamondbacks fan, okay. funnily enough. I just, I you just. You might be the first one of those I've ever met. <laughs> so, random little side note. Randy Johnson's the best pitcher ever. Uh huh. And he single handedly won the World Series in 2001, him You're and Kurt right. Schilling. I, I remember that. And so I'm forever a Diamondbacks fan, even though they both left pretty shortly thereafter. But that, that that's my team. Do you go can, to the Marlins? I, I know before? he went to the, I know he went to the Yankees, I think. After. Okay. Okay. But yeah, he was with them. He might've went to the Marlins for a little bit too. And then of course, Shilling went to the Red Sox. Right. And so, but yeah, so, I'm, so, but I still, I did go to the Red Sox games. Okay. So I did like the big city. I liked the big city. And of course, Harvard, I mean, Harvard's Harvard. So, uh, that that was a fun four years. Fun four years.
0: And it was a Mississippi State educated person who was educating people at Harvard. I love that. And
1: I still wore maroon a lot of Fridays. Good man. I good did. man. <laughs>
0: yep. Um, and, and so you're you're here for, for at least the the year. Is that the plan? Yes. Sir. Right? Okay. And if students, you know, want to come visit you in your office or is that something you encourage i mean you said you love office hours definitely
1: definitely i i wish i've had some students i want more right okay. I, want, I want more so griffiths 206c then
0: don't be scared right and,
1: and that don't be scared i mean professors are just human beings just a little bit older than you that have read probably a few more books but maybe not maybe not even right. read on books who knows so yeah
0: well okay with books what can you, can you give us a couple of recommendations? I mean, but the students <sighs> yeah. who may be, you know, uh, thinking about college, maybe already here, but, you know, younger folks.
1: Yeah, yeah, some good books. Um, there's a good young adult fiction book, and a lot of times we section young adult fiction as something that is less mature than mm-hmm. the literature, but I, I don't agree with that, so I don't see any kind of dichotomy between the two, but it's a young adult fiction novel by a woman from Jackson, The Hate You Give. It was turned into a movie recently okay. as well. So you can watch the movie also. And it's, I think it was the number one New York Times bestseller for numerous years in the young adult fiction. Okay. It's just a great book about a student who is uh, attending a private school in Jackson. One of her friends dies, and she has to deal with what that means for her life. Okay. And it's okay. Just a it's a great read. All
0: right. Well I appreciate that field. Yep. Um for anybody who's thinking about coming to Mississippi State or coming to the Honors College, is there anything you'd like to say to those folks?
1: I would just say, you know, if you put in the the effort, if you seek out the resources, your needs will be met. Mine were met. A lot of other people's have been as well. And there's really just a world of opportunities available to you, and just, just seek them out. Seek them out.
0: He's a Rhodes Scholar. I mean, what else do you have to say? Bill Brown, and his office is like down the hall from mine, so it makes me feel extra fancy too.
1: Wow. appreciate <laughs> yeah, yeah. it. No problem,
0: man. Well, guys, as you probably know by now, I host weekly Zoom meetings every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. For anybody who wants to learn more about the Shackles Honors College here at Mississippi State, I'm there and available to answer any questions that you might have. If you are looking for that link, you can find it at our website at honors.msstate.edu. That's honors.msstate.edu, or it's on the Honors College Facebook page as well. Um, Thank you again so much, Field. Everybody, y'all stay safe. Keep your masks on. You know, do the six feet thing. But I hope very, very soon I get to meet you all in person. Have a great day, and Hail State.
1: Hail State.